And welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Thrilled you are with us. I am feeling great, energized, and enthused after a week at the California School Public Relations Association annual conference, CalSPRA in Santa Rosa. Hashtag CalSPRA2019. Check it out on Twitter. Amazing conference. School PR folks from all over the state there. About 200 or plus people. A lot of new people, too. 30 to 40 new folks that first-time attendees at the conference. So just very encouraging to see more and more districts throughout California add PIOs and communications folks to their teams and to their priorities for their districts to help advocate for public education and get the great information out to our communities and our parents. So great to see that. Among the speakers was Tony Thurman, State Superintendent of Public Instruction. He did an introduction of our final keynote and talked about probably for about 15, 20 minutes, just a little bit about himself and his priorities as state superintendent of public instruction. So that was great to hear, and that's what I'm going to bring you in just a moment. So I thought that was interesting, recorded it for you. Really impressed with his speaking ability and his message, and um, I hope he can get things done. That's kind of, you know, the thing about this position is what power do they ultimately have? Um, So, you know, some people say not too much. As far as, you know, they're not voting on things, they're not approving things. Um, So what real position and power does he hold? Um, We shall see. And I think he's been in the state assembly. He knows a lot of people. He knows how the game works. Um, And so he talked about some of his priorities, which, I, you know, sound good. And let's hope he can get as much of these things done as possible. And one of the number one things he talked about was funding. No matter the uh, data point you look at, we are bottom 10 in the country in California here for per student spending, what we spend on students and what comes into us as school districts. Um, And that's just terrible. We're bottom 10, bottom five, and that is not acceptable, I don't think, to anybody. So school districts are forced to, you know, scramble for bringing money, bringing bond measures, parcel taxes. And we shouldn't have to do that. We should be adequately funded. I mean, it's 20. 19 now and we're back at levels you know pre-2008 and we're somewhere near there and you know times are keep moving inflation keeps rising and that's just not enough so you'll hear from him in just a moment on where he thinks we should be what he's doing for teacher recruitment and his other priorities so that is interesting to hear and um so we hope he can get some stuff done as the new state superintendent he was just off the negotiations in oakland unified with their strike and working with them and trying to keep them at the negotiating table. So um, it it was good that he made the trip to Santa Rosa and we can hear from him. And um, actually, we hope to have him on this very podcast talking about his plan as state superintendent and his backstory. His upbringing is very interesting. And he talked about how public education really saved his life and, you know, kind of how his family dynamics shaped out and growing up poor and to where he is now so um very interesting stuff we'll bring that to you right now we have lots of other great podcasts previously and uh, a few coming up including some of my sessions that i did at calspra so we'll if you weren't there or missed it we'll bring you the audio version on this very podcast without any further ado here is tony thurman your new state superintendent of public instruction at the annual calspra conference in santa rosa uh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, good morning. 
Polish. When I'm there, it's really great to be with you all. Um, well, Kendra told me I had no choice but to be here with you all. I'm really glad to be here. Um, I'm sorry that the weather is what it is, and I know that many of you are either trying to make travel plans, and many of you are supporting districts that have been through disasters and emergencies and floods and fire. And, um, just know that the Department of Education is available uh, to support you in any way that we can. And next week, uh, we're hosting our first training program, uh, professional development for districts on how to prepare for disasters and emergencies, how to respond, and what we do in the aftermath. Because unfortunately, this has become the new normal in education. For those of you who've been in districts where students and family members have lost their lives, um, tragically lost schools, um, we know that now we have to consider um, disaster and emergency preparedness uh, as part of what we do to prepare our students for the future. Um, and so we hope that you'll uh, attend. And uh, you know, I'm just going to share a few things with uh, with you um, before uh, Leija comes up and you know really drops the mic. And, um, and so for for the invitation, um, you know, I thought a long time. I thought for a long time, you know, all those years that I was on the city council and on the school board and struggling to hold down a day job, and, and then I'd see, you know, the PIO sometimes working and they'd be on TV, and I thought, well, maybe I could do that job. And now I've learned, um, you know, especially working with Kendra, there's no way in hell I could do that job. Um, I don't have what you have. And, you know, I am so thankful um, to have hired someone like Kendra Britt to be a California Department of Education. Stand up. Yeah. She's teaching me how hard it is to be a PIO um, when you have to staff somebody else. I can't imagine writing a speech for someone else just to have them either tear it up, you know, drop the ball, or flat out not say any of the things that you've written for them, which is what I do almost every single time. I'm saying sorry in advance, um, because I do that almost every single time. I'm one of those people, I can't read a speech. I get very uncomfortable looking through a teleprompter. And so I write themes for myself, and I sort of try to remember those are the things I want to talk about. So Kendra's learning to write like sight words, and they're like really big. I'm like, you know, it's not that bad, you know. I am old, I do have 20 vision. I mean, but, but, I've, but I've learned, I've learned that the idea of writing a speech for someone, they're going to deliver it in much different ways than you may have written it. It's more than a notion. Uh, I've learned that it will be very difficult for me to have to speak on behalf of an agency and sometimes describe positions that personally I may not agree with. And, and I think it's really hard, but very artfully done, to give a press conference or to give a statement where you say a lot, but really you say a little, you know. And I just, I watch in wonder and appreciation for what Kendra does and for what all of you do to get the message out about what public agencies do and, you know, school boards and county offices of education and city councils. Because half the time, no one in the real world has any idea what we're talking about anyway. You all translate it, code switch it, put it into, you know, talkable sound bites, you know, whatever that is. And, and then get it up on social media, you know, and, and so I have deep appreciation for what you do, and I know that it's a job that probably goes 
uh, without thanks. So let me just start by giving my thanks to you for what you do. Thank you. She insisted that we would get the best and that we'd get a great education. We struggled. 
Uh, she worked two jobs. She worked as a nurse's aide. She went to night school to get her community college degree, to get her bachelor's degree, and we made it by using public programs. I, I was on the free lunch program. Um, you know, but my, my friends made fun of me for eating the free lunch. Back then, they gave you an orange ticket that said, oh, some of you don't know what I'm talking about, right? like, He's on the free lunch program. And so kids would text me, and I would eat the lunch, you know, try to hide it and eat it. And then when I became an adult, I realized literally everyone in my school was on the free lunch program. Oh, what was that all about? <laughs> when I would go to the grocery store to buy anything, I would go with a food stamp coupon. This was before the EBT card, y'all, right? This was like a, a, a round coupon book, uh, a, not in head, uh, a green coupon. And it always felt like when I got to the, to the, to the uh, checkout, they would tear the book really loud, like louder so everyone Aisle five, we've got a guy using food stamp coupons. I swear. All my friends made fun of me for, for that. And then I realized that the neighborhood that I grew up in, uh, the majority of the families in my neighborhood relied on some form of public assistance. And then we had this special thing delivered to our home. We used to have government cheese delivered to my home. She laughed. I hope they didn't serve you all the government cheese up here or whatever you paid to be here. The government cheese that we received was in a, a, a very uh, thick wrap structure. It was a cardboard box on the outside, and inside there was this thick plastic that you had to sort of literally cut through to get through it, to get to the cheese, and you had this big old block of cheese. If you could get through it, hey, you get a great grilled cheese sandwich or, you know, Bonito or something like that. And so, we ate so much of that that I thought that USDA was a brand name for me and all this government cheese. These were programs that helped my family overcome poverty. The best public program I ever experienced was getting a great public education. And it, it made all the difference for me as a kid who could have fallen through the cracks in the family, a low-income family. I was a quiet, shy student who was easy to overlook. And I think about it every single day, how easy it would have been for me to end up in California State Prison. Instead, I ended up as a California State Superintendent yeah. of Public Insurance. Jack McConnell, 
who was a state superintendent a few before Tom, Jack O'Connell said, hey, if you get your head checked and you still want to do this job, I'll support you. I went down my head checked, and he said, yeah, I'll support you. I knew what I walked into, and, 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 and there's nowhere else I'd rather be. Even with all the blame and, and, and the way people approach education, I love being in a position to lift up our students and to say that we need to change the narrative and make public education. We should be funding our schools like they're number one, not 41st or 45th. I 
said, honey, you don't call our opponents in politics. And she just looked at me, and then I sort of gathered myself, and I remembered the lesson that we had taught her. Always tell the truth. Always stand up for the truth. And I realized in that moment that my daughter was setting a better example for me than I was setting for her. She was doing exactly what we taught her. Always tell the truth and always stand up for the truth. And I love that she had added one, always stand up for your dad. <laughs> so, and I said to her, I'm so proud of you. I said that you'd make a great politician. I said, you're, you're like daddy's politician. I said, you want to be a, a politician? She said, yeah. I said, you want to be an assembly member? She said, no. <laughs> I said, what do you want to be? She said, I want to be a scientist. And I said, you'd be a great scientist. I said, but there's two rules. You have to always clean up after your experiments. <laughs> she looked at me because she never wants to be in a room, right? And I said, please, do not blow up the house. <laughs> but I love that she, even as a 12-year-old, had, had a sense of, uh, of justice. Uh, that, that campaign should be about truth. In an era where it's become sound bites, in an era where everyone wants to be the first to deliver breaking news on their Facebook page, where they haven't even digested a single thought of what the issues are, I appreciated that she still had a value that there should be truth in the process. If nothing else, give the voters truth and let them decide who should represent them. And so, all that to say, I want to be the kind of superintendent who creates that kind of path for my 12-year-old and everyone's 12-year-old for all of our students. The one thing that I learned on the city council um, all those years ago is that you can never make everybody happy. You can barely make anybody happy. <laughs> so don't try. Um, you know, someone came up to me and they said, you do a good job if you vote in a way that will make your grandparents proud. And I liked it, but my grandparents had passed away when I was very young. And so I switched it to say, vote in a way I would make my kids proud. You know, my kids are old enough now, they read the newspapers, they, you know, they, they, they clip stories about things that I've done. They say, Dad, why'd you do it that way? And so I've let that be my mantra, to do things in a way that would make my kids proud. And if it doesn't make my kids proud, I can't support it. And it doesn't mean that I've gotten every decision right in 12 years in politics, but I've not had a sleepless night about any decision I've made in 12 years in politics, because I've let that be my guy. You know, use that if that's helpful for you. Um, if you think that there are other things that the California Department of Education can do for you, let me know that can you know. Um, keep fighting uh, for our students. What you're doing adds up. Everyone has a role to help our students. If we do good work in our districts or in the county office, and, but it doesn't get told, the story doesn't get told, it, it, it's really difficult. But you do make sure that the story is told narrative that there's truth being told. So thank you for what you do, and I hope that you will join me in our uh, quest to make your profession known uh, to young people. Because if nothing else, they've heard from a caring adult. Even if they don't become a PIO, they've heard from a caring adult. And research has proven that is one of the most important things to help um, kids, all kids, and kids who are at risk. So thank you, and I look forward to a chance to work with you. Thanks for letting me have a